Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. Today, we are joined by our Senior Pastor, Dr. Charles Redmond, who brings us a message from God's Word entitled, What Our Priority Needs to Be in the New Year. During the week, John handed me a list of the top 65 New Year resolutions. And boy, you talk about a list like cook something new each week. Many of you could just write cook something each week. Read more books. Create a cleaning schedule. Learn to love vegetables. Exercise your brain. This is the most amazing list. Plan a vacation. One down here said, uh, plan a trip that you don't know where you're going. That'd really be a dandy trip, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, lift weights, give your feet better support, or just try a new diet plan, you know, the list. Here's the amazing thing. As I read this list of 65, now listen carefully. What really got my attention on neither list was anything about God or anything pertaining to God. And then I thought about that. I thought, well, (laughs) you know, this kind of explains how America is spiritually where it is today. Like God doesn't even make the top 65 list. What's happened in America, I need not tell you, I remind you, is very much the same as what happens to a frog if you put a frog in a pot of room temperature water, you know what happens. You put a frog in a pot of room temperature water and turn on the flame. As the water begins to get hotter and hotter, the frog is not aware of it, and the frog will ultimately boil to death. However, if you take a pot of boiling water and put the frog in the hot of boiling water, the frog will flip out. What's happened to America, we're like a frog in a pot of room temperature water, just little by little by little. God began to be moved to the side burner. God began to be moved to the back burner. And now God's pretty much moved off the whole burner. God's nowhere out there. And I thought about that when I read this list. Now, what I want to talk to you about today is what your priority needs to be. Now, listen carefully. What I'm not going to do is give you a list of what your priorities should be. I would be wrong to do that, nor am I going to ask you to take your bulletin and jot down some things that you think need to be your priority. I would be wrong to do that, and here's why. God has already given us what our priority needs to be. And that's what I want us to see this morning. So if you open your Bible to the book of Exodus, let's do that. And in fact, let's look first in Exodus chapter 19, if you'll turn to that. In Exodus chapter 19 in verse 20, a little background of what I'm about to show you. Now this, this took place 
3,500 years before the birth of Christ. Here's what God was doing in Exodus chapter 19, verse 20. The Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of a mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. So now up on Mount Sinai, look in chapter 20. What we have in chapter 20, of course, you know, is the Ten Commandments that God gave. Notice the very first of these commandments. You shall have no other gods beside me. And there it is. And as I think about that, I think about the words of Jesus, like over 2,000 years ago in the Sermon on the Mount. You remember Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, all of these things he made unto you. But the point is, God is to be first. Then as I was thinking about that, I thought about something that the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Colossians when he wrote those believers there. He said, Christ is to have preeminence in all things. I love the way the New Living Translation says it. He is first in everything. So, we all know that. We all know that God needs to be first. God needs to be the priority. And so what do we do? Well, we get into this new year and we say, okay, I'm going to make God priority. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to find one of these Bible reading plans. I'm going to start out on that journey. Uh, today, more Christians will read Genesis uh, chapter number one than then they'll read any other chapter today. And somewhere along the way, before we get to Revelation chapter 22, we fall off the bridge and we quit and we stop and say, well, next year I'm going to try harder and I'm going to do more. I want today to share what God has put in my heart for me. This is really the birth of this sermon. This sermon evolved out of what I felt God saying to me that I need to make the priority of my life. And if I will do what I'm going to share with you this morning, and you will do what I'm sharing with you this morning, all these other good priorities, these goals that we have out here about, I'm going to read through my Bible more, I'm going to be more faithful in that, I'm going to pray more, I'm going to do this more and that more, all these spiritual things. Well, we, we mean well in all that, but so many times it never happens. And the reason it never happens, we have the wrong priority. The priority that God has put upon my heart and that is in the Word of God is that God, that I have an intimacy with God. I'm 81 and a half years of age. And as I think about my life, think about where I'm in my life, where I'm headed in my life, what I'm going to do with my life, I think, wait a minute. You know, all these things, important things, but the most important thing in my life and the most important thing in your life is that you have an intimate, close relationship to God. And if you, if you grab hold of this and do that, what happens, these other things that you're trying to deal with, they will fall into place much more quickly than you might imagine. Now, you're in the book of Exodus. Look back with me in the book of Genesis in chapter number 1. In Genesis chapter number 1. And everything we read in Genesis chapter number 1 happened about 6,000 years ago. So long ago we read this. And in Genesis chapter 1, you probably have the verse marked, verse 26. Look what the Bible says. God said, 
let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, that's the part of the verse I want you to think with me about. What that means is God designed us to be like Him. God did not design you to be like an angel. God did not design you to be like an animal. God designed you and me to be like Him. Look at it again. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, what that means is, is that God gave you the capacity, listen carefully, to have an intimate relationship with Him, and not only that, to live your life daily with a close, intimate relationship with Him. God designed you that way. That was God's plan. That's how God built you. That's how God put you together. All of that true for myself as well. As I think about that, I think, well, well, what must I do? What must you do in order for this to take place? Intimacy with God requires time in His Word and prayer. So, over on our end, if we want to have an intimate relationship with God, here's how you do it. It requires more time with Him. You, you can really measure how close you are to God, listen carefully, by the time each day you spend with God, number one, in your daily Bible reading and prayer time, yes, but in what I just call your moment-by-moment -moment time during the day. Now, I believe with all my heart, most all of us do better with a Bible reading plan, and that's why we pre present all these plans one plan fits this person, one plan fits that person. Now, there may be some, but there'll be few people who will really be consistent in their daily Bible reading with no Bible reading plan. You say, it's not true. I'm one of those. Well, I said there may be a few. Maybe you're one, but it'll be very few. Most of us do better if we have some plan to keep us on course. That said, the downside to a plan is that we let that be the only time during the day that we commune with God. In other words, we read our Bible in the morning, we pray, we close our Bible, say, okay, got to get about my day. In the morning, I'm going to read my Bible again and pray. No, no, it, it's not just a little time where you read your Bible. It's as you go through the day, you have communion with God. You, you talk to God. You listen to God. You meditate upon what you've read in the Word. And if you somehow could put all of those moments together and add those moments to the time you spend your quiet time and say, okay, in a 24-hour day, when I put all that together, this is the amount of time that I've actually spent this day in communion with God. It's a good measurement of how close you're living your daily life with God. Now, not only that requires time in His Word. You know, the Bible is the mind of God. When I pick up my Bible and read my Bible, I'm reading the very mind of God. Remember this. The Bible was not written to you. The Bible was written for you. Like in Paul's letters, he wrote the Philippians and the Colossians and the Ephesians. And over in James, he wrote the persecuted Jewish believers. Those books were not written to us. Those books are inspired and written for us. 
So the Bible that we have is for us, for us to read, for us to apply. And then prayer, intimacy of God requires time with God in his word and prayer. Prayer probably measures our closest to God more than even the other things that I've mentioned. So I encourage you as you this year think about, you know, I really do want to have a closer relationship with God. Sadly, many Christians have just decided, you know, I know when I die, I'm going to heaven. And I know I ought to read my Bible more, and I know I should do this more, and I know I should do that. But, you know, (laughs) I'm doing better than a lot of other folks. And they're just kind of stuck where they are. Some of you may not be any closer to God today than you were a year ago today, or two years ago today, or three years ago. Some of you would say, you know what? The truth is, I do feel closer to God today than I did a year ago. Well, that's wonderful. Here's something more wonderful. Let's just say that for all of us tomorrow, when the day's over, we can say, you know what? I feel closer to God at the end of tomorrow than I felt closer to God on January 1. And each day it get to be more and more like that. Now, intimacy with God requires a sensitivity of his presence. Now, this is very important. If you want to be close to God, you're going to have to be sensitive to his presence. Now you say, well, pastor, God's always present. Yes, he is. But unless you're sensitive to his presence, you're never going to have that intimate relationship that no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're doing, you are sensitive that he's right there with you to guide you, to help you, to lift you up, to give you wisdom, whatever it might be. Now you say, well, how do you do that? Well, number one, I suggest this to you. This works for me. I just have some Bible verses that I have memorized that helps me be sensitive to God's presence. For example, my life verse, Psalm 16, 8, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I'll not be shaken. That's out of the NIV. Now that verse, sometimes when I just feel alone, or I'm up against whatever, and I just think, boy, I need to, I, need, I know God's with me, but I need, to, I need to be sensitive that God's with me. That's one of the verses that I grab hold. Now, I'm not saying you need to do that verse. I am saying you need some little verses. You don't have to have 50 of them. You don't have to have 25. Just get you two, three, or four, or five verses that when you read those verses, it reminds you that God is present with you. And memorize those verses. And when you have those feelings, you're going through something really hard. You feel so alone, maybe frightened. You said, wait a minute, now wait a minute. And then you, you just, you just uh, uh, apply those verses to your life. Uh, I think of Isaiah 26, verse 3. Uh, that verse has helped me so much. I, I think of Matthew 28. Uh, in the last verse where Jesus says, I'll be with you always. And sometimes I just, I just close my eyes and say, God, you promised to be with me always. And I know right now that you're with me and I just feel your presence. I, I, you, you just feel that sensitivity to God's presence. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, from childhood, those verses have helped me. Now, I'm just throwing those out as, a, as an example, not as an application. <clears throat> I do encourage you. Just start with one verse that that helps you 
realize that God is present with you and let that verse be your anchor when you feel those times that he's not present because he is present. You know, one of the best little books that I've ever read to help me be sensitive to God's presence is a little book. Uh, it's a little book called Practicing the Presence of God. It's about a man known as Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence. And he lived in the 17th century in a, a monastery in France. And his job in this monastery was in the kitchen to clean the pots and the pans and to help with cooking. And all the monks in the monastery noticed that whether he was cleaning the pots or the pans or whether he was on his knees praying, he was always in communion with God. And see, one of our problems, at least one of my problems, if I'm not careful, I think when I, when I go to church, like right now, we're, we're somewhat in communion with God. The music, we're in communion with God. We're looking in God's Word, we're in communion with God. But then we leave, we're just here for a little while, we go out. And we go about our activities. We go about our work. Well, Brother Lawrence had discovered the secret in everything. He practiced the presence of God. In fact, he did not write the book. After his death, some in the monastery remembered some of the things he had said, and they had letters he had written, and they put all that together in this little small book they called Practice in the Presence of God. Brother Lawrence, that little book has helped me immensely in my life when I'm not at church, when I'm not reading my Bible, when I'm not working on a sermon, when I'm not doing any of that, just life every day to practice His presence in everything. To be in communion with God as much driving the car as when what? as when in the house of God worshiping with other believers. Now, all that said, I want to give you just real quickly some things that will help you in your quest of intimacy with God. Number one, realize your need. Realize the need. Many Christians are not even aware of the need of an intimate relationship with God. It's just... It just, it doesn't register. Number two, this is big. Ask God to help you. Hear me carefully. I don't care who you are. None of us in our own flesh, by ourselves, can have the intimacy with God that God has created us to have without His help. Just admit that to God. Say, God, with all my heart, I want to have a closer relationship to you. I want God to be aware of your presence as much uh, working in the yard as I am at the church house, or as I am reading my Bible, or as I have when I'm praying to you. No matter what I'm doing, an awareness of your prayer, ask God to help you. Number three, be consistent in your daily Bible reading and prayer. You, you just, this is just a must. It just will not happen if you're haphazard in that area. Number four, now listen carefully. Guard against people, problems, and things that distract you from an awareness of God's presence. Well, that's the, that's the kicker right there. There are people, not necessarily bad people either, and there are problems in life, and there are things in life 
that we become so preoccupied with that we don't even think about God's closeness and God's presence and our need to be, uh, have an intimacy with Him. All right, now number five, I almost hate to read number five because some of you just, you just throw eggs at me. But I'm going to read it. Y'all ready? Devote more time to Bible reading, prayer, and meditation than to social media. So I knew I wasn't going to like it, preacher. You told us. People hear me. There are untold numbers of believers that are addicted to social media. It has become an addiction. I did a Facebook Live Wednesday promoting today. And I did it in my study here at the church. And Zebedee, he's, he's the one that did it. And so he's behind his phone, and he gives me the signal when to start. And like Facebook Live, you know, when you do that, you're going to get a lot of views, but you can't edit it. If you mess it up, it's just, it's gone. So you, you better be good when you do it. For what, but like, as, as, as you do that, now, I'm just looking at, at, at the phone, he's over here on his phone, and I'm looking at the phone, but he's giving me these little thumbs up as people are watching. But when we get finished, I said, Zip, you were signaling me that you were getting responses like I'd hardly even said anything. He said, well, that's right. Look, look, you know. I said, well, the people just sit around all day just waiting to respond back and forth. He said, Pastor, that's just kind of how Facebook works. Now, I'm not anti-Facebook. I'm not anti-social media. I'm telling you the truth. People are spending untold hours on social media, and they don't even open the Word of God. Now, that's, and it's good people. It could be you, and I just encourage you not to quit social media. I, I just encourage you to realize that God is more important than social media. And, and get serious about what we need to be serious about. And all oh, the difference it will make is unbelievable. Let me give you one that will really be helpful. Use your phone Bible app during waiting times. So many times, all of us find ourselves in dead times, waiting times. Maybe we're in a doctor's waiting room, or we're at the dentist, or, or we're a lot of places. You just have to wait. Even on the phone, you know, you say you, you get put on hold and, and they're going to get back with you in just a minute. And uh, it's just amazing how much time can be spent valuable, even in waiting time, if you're reading the Word of God. And that is a simple way. We don't always have our Bible, but we always have our phone. And so you'll have it at your fingertips that. And then one other thing I mentioned, turn off your car radio some and use that time to talk and listen to God. Now, I didn't say never listen to car radio. See, that's what the devil have you hear me. I didn't say that. I said some. Turn off the radio on the car some and listen to God. Meditate on Bible verses you've read. Listen to what God has to say to you. Talk to God. All of these things they just help us have a more intimate relationship with God. Now here, before you can have an intimate relationship with God, you've got to have a personal relationship with God. It may be today you're sitting here listening and saying, you know what? I'm not sure I have a relationship with God. I believe in God, but I don't know that I have any relationship with God. 
Well, if you have no relationship with God, you won't have an intimate relationship with God. You can't have an intimate relationship with someone you don't know. And that's true in life. That's true with God. Would you like to begin a personal relationship with Jesus? You can. Why don't you pray with me now? Dear Jesus, I believe that you love me and that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. Right now, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, and I trust you to do it. In your name I pray, amen. For those of you who have prayed to receive Christ as your Savior today, please let us know by sending an email to info at peacebybelieving.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.